the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and today on the show we've got the director of Signature Sport, a Melbourne-based sports agency uh, who manages the likes of Caleb Ewan, Rob Power, Cadell Evans, Lucas Hamilton, Jack Haig, plus many more talented Australian athletes. To, we talked to him about these thoughts on the current environment, how the coronavirus will affect cycling, what it's going to look like next year and what he's doing to work with his athletes um, to get through this tough period. If you haven't already, make sure you check out MAP's um, nice little discount they got on at the moment at map.cc. You can pick yourself up a premium piece of cycling apparel at a uh, nice little discount at the moment. So don't forget to check that out. And uh, if you can, help us out at the podcast by supporting MAP but also telling your friends about it, sharing it on social media and leaving us a review if possible. That would be greatly appreciated. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thanks for joining us in um, some strange times. You've got, you've got a suite of Australian athletes now. Um, how, how are they doing? Have you been in contact with them much? And... Um, is there an overall feeling between them all? Oh, I've been in contact with them as much as I can, as much as, you know, it's, I suppose, you know, on in this day at the moment, it's everybody's got to look after themselves a little bit. We've got to care for each other, but you still got your own challenges as well. How are they doing? I would say that they're going well. Um, I think with a lot of athletes, uh, probably, you know, it's like anything, there's, there's degrees and variations, but athletes are typically pretty positive people and uh, and uh, solution-oriented and goal-oriented. So whilst I'm sure they're all frustrated to an extent, they, they understand that it's, you know, what's going on is out of that control. But, you know, look, when I talk, each person I've talked to um, has been going quite well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. As I said, I don't know. It's because they're athletes, because of the individuals where there's just bit of luck there i'm not sure i think it's probably tied into into their men- mentality and their approach to life probably and uh, as you said this is um much bigger than cycling is the, the tiny little world of the sport that we both operate in but what, what's your analysis on how it's going how how it's holding up like everything else not very well at the moment because it's there's nothing going on um you know, I, I suppose from a grassroots level, I'm I'm seeing a lot of people riding their bike at the moment. A lot of a lot of solo rides out there, which is is good. Those people can ride their bikes at the in the neighbourhood level, um, and hopefully there's some people using this time to get a few kilometres in um, within the, the the laws that what we're allowed to do. But um, from the from the top level uh, of the sport, obviously there's as I said, like every sport, they they're clamouring to to try and make sense of a situation that's really been thrust upon them in uh, in a in in rapid period of time, in such a short period of time, and uh, everybody's trying to make the short term decisions, there's medium term, and at the moment you probably can't even think about the long term too much. Um, but yeah, it's a battle. Have Have you been de- Have you been dealing with team management? Uh, I've been dealing with some, Alex. Um, Try, you know, there's a balance here. You've got to try and, I suppose I always try and put myself in the other person's shoes as well. Um, and that's not just for this, for any, anything in life. But, um, 
you know, you got there's an element to keeping a respectful distance because you understand the pressure that they'd be under, and they've got vastly more important things to do than just to be talking, you know, to 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 agents and managers and. Uh, but but equally, we're, we're talking about important things, which is the you know the welfare of their their riders. Um, so uh, so yeah, I have been talking to some, um, and some are you know going better than others. Um, and I think you know what you'd like to think is that no matter who you're talking to, they're all trying to act in the best interest of the teams uh, of the riders, and I'm sure they are. But at the moment, they're trying to deal with something that was is totally unprecedented. Totally, yeah. Clearly, um, come about at a, as I said, at a incredibly fast rate. It just escalated at such a such a pace. Um, people are clamouring around at the moment, trying to make sense of it and trying to to make some plans to move forward quickly. As an agent, as a manager of some of these riders, are you worried about specific teams? It's a sponsor-driven model cycling. It's going to be a, a big cut to a lot of their budgets heading into the back end of 2020 and potentially and what looks like 2021. Are you worried about teams' longevity? I, I, I'm always worried about uh, – well, the, the, the short answer is yes. Um, I'm worried about teams. Um, but, you know, again, that's no different to any other. That's not solely just the domain of cycling. And then, you know, there's, there's worries for teams in all sports all around the globe. Um, you know, I guess my initial, my initial view was, uh, and you have, you do have different models in cycling, different, different revenue models, I suppose, different, different ways for each team to, that they exist financially. Um, I suppose my glass half full assessment of the teams and, uh, well, specifically of the teams was that as opposed to say, you know, Australian rules, football or rugby league in Australia, those other type models that, you know, they're directly linked to broadcast revenue, directly linked to gate receipts, ticketing revenue, you know, merchandise at ground, um, food and beverage at ground, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, that's just come to a grinding halt, stop. So that's clearly going to have a direct and immediate impact on those organisations. I guess in cycling, the teams in cycling have never really existed on um, on broadcast revenue, you know, you don't charge people to stand on the side of the road. Um, you know, the, the revenues from merchandise or VIP programs are um, are, are insignificant, really. So, so in essentially, as you, as you said, it's a sponsorship-driven model, and then it comes down to a, a case-by-case basis. Um, yeah, some some teams are uh, a more benefactor-based, um, I suppose, and then you've got the sponsorship model and. And uh, I guess you'll probably ask me in a second about the various teams and the different models, but um, but I, I guess my hope is that that sponsorship model and the, the model of cycling that's often criticised and the subject of ridicule, maybe you might say, sometimes is the, the very model that can help the sport get through. But that's, that's not going to be across the board, unfortunately. We'll get, uh, allow the teams to get through. Would you prefer to have a Jerry Ryan behind you right now or would you prefer to have a big business depends what sector that business operates in Alex <laughs> so if they operate okay, in supermarkets okay. supermarkets like Jumbo Visma then I'd say big business but mm. um, look you know I don't know it's almost impossible question to to answer and out of respect to individuals and people I, I probably won't answer that specifically 
But um, yeah, it depends what business that 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 business depends what sector that business operates in. So you're you're assessing what these sponsors are doing to, I guess, evaluate what 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 the 2021 looks like for your riders. Yeah, well, when this started coming to to uh, I guess to play, what what the the coronavirus and the impact and the the uh, the knowledge that races were going to have to be either cancelled or postponed. Um, I, I, you know, I did my own assessment on the teams, on each team, and and the and I suppose you know it anyway, but it, you just want to go and check it. Out. I, I guess go back and just review it again, and analyse it, and assess it, and look at each team, and look at who's behind each team, look at what businesses are the, you know, what's the revenue model, who's the the key sponsors, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and look at you know, do a, I guess some sort of risk profiling, I suppose. Um, and it's it's uninformed, to be honest, Alex. But it's you know you you, you try and use logic and um, business logic, I suppose, um, to to see who's likely to be more impacted. But that doesn't mean you you know the whole story. You you really don't know the ins and outs. But um, but yeah, I um I guess that's the initial thing I did, and that doesn't mean anything really. But that's how we were sort of made some assessments based on that. And uh, I guess as each day goes by. Um, or each hour, each day, each week that goes by, we learn more about um, how each team is is managing in the circumstances. That's sort of starting to come to fruition a little bit more now. So we talked about how it is sponsorship-driven. It's not related to the ticket sales. The ticket sales are exactly the same as last year for cycling. Do you think that warrants the pay cut then to flow on to athletes? Uh, not necessarily. Well, uh, ideally, that's what you're hoping that. Uh, I, I guess, I guess the two the, the things that I've conveyed to the the guys that I manage, uh, my thoughts are that you know it, to get through this, you hope that the the model of the team is uh, that the business the business of the the sponsor or the business of the benefactor can stand up to what's going on in the in the world. Um, and and also there's going to be necessary a, a, a great dollop of goodwill and and good faith thrown into that so um, that we know that the next few months um, there's not going to be cycling races on that typically are on typically providing the exposure typically giving the chance for the sponsors to engage and, and get some return on their investment so I, I guess what you're hoping is that the sponsor is in a position to to withstand the the battering of the business, uh, what's going on in business, the the economic downturn, obviously, with with a lot of businesses, a lot of sectors shutting down or being severely impacted, you hope they can withstand that, and you hope they, if they have the ability to do that, then they they go on that, they continue on that journey with the with the team and the riders that that is full of ups and downs, and that it's um, that they they can see that through. And, and see the light at the end of the tunnel and and what what can be something really fantastic at the end of it we're just we're just a bit away from that at the moment um, and it's probably hard to see for a lot of people and that's understandable so that's what you hope that that people can get through that um, but that's not the that's not the case for everybody and so is that part of your role is to negotiate that cut or are the teams are just are they just going to deliver that on a plate and just spread it through the entire team? 
Well, I guess, I guess coming back to your, your question before, sorry, I didn't finish that answer, was in terms of the cuts and whatever, we're only just starting to find out about this now. And I suppose in, in the, the, the business models that are directly impacted by broadcast revenue and ticketing sales and other forms of direct revenue at match, um, you know, clearly they have a very, very clear set of numbers to work to. Um, in terms of cycling teams... Again, it's a case-by-case basis, Alex. Um, but I think there needs to be some methodology in terms of the the cuts, just to nominate a figure. Or you would hope that you would hope that that teams aren't just nominating a figure um, and putting that to riders. You know, if it's if it's not required, obviously. And I'm I'm sure that wouldn't happen. I certainly hope not. Um, you know, I, I think some sponsors and some some benefactors, if that's the right word, I keep using that word, but supporters maybe, but um, that, that, that they haven't dropped that their investment, that they're going to go through this, they're going to work through together, they're going to be creative, going to be innovative, and they're going to be patient and they're going to go the journey if they've got the ability to do that. Um, because to, to cut to cut uh, contracts of riders is a big, big, big decision. Um because you know you got riders at, at all ends of the spectrum, Alex. You got you know neo pros that are on small amounts of money, and they're hand to hand to mouth. They live, you know, a, a cut to a neo pro or, or, or a, a rider that's on a, a lesser contract is that's a significant uh, decision and a blow to them. Uh, on the other end, you've got guys that have worked very very hard for many many years and and sacrificed so much to to set themselves up for life after cycling, to set their family up um, at the expense of getting an education, the expense of getting themselves 10 or 12 years in the workforce of experience, they need to make make that count now. So that's that's a huge impact on them. Um, so I would, you would hope that, uh, and you would think, and you would absolutely, I'd be certain that people making those decisions would, would be aware they wouldn't do it Otherwise, but it's it's a significant decision to make. Because we've seen we've seen last night. Well, first of all, you've got Lotto Sudal came out with a with a pay cut. You seen last night, Barre Morita came out with um, news that they're looking at a pay cut, and that's a significant amount of money, like seventy percent clips. It's enormous for a salary and for an individual to to manage their their financial future, let alone what it means for them. Um, In terms of riders, their future, how does it affect in terms of looking at contract years? So people that are up for contract this year. Well, firstly, in terms of the pay cuts, you know, know with Bahrain, I think what it is, it's more of a deferment of the payment rather than a pay cut. So they're, they're just redistributing the period of the year that the the contract will get paid to assist them get through the this period. Um, if it's there, if there's a flat pay cut, a straight out pay cut, um, it's a really difficult, delicate situation um, that needs to be worked through on a case by case basis because it's quite devastating. Um, but anyway, that and that's probably stating the obvious. But um, but. In terms of um, now, what was the question again? <laughs> Sorry, I lost, I lost um, my way there. I'm, it's a very tricky subject. What we're talking about here, I'm trying to live in the moment of each question. Sorry. The for 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 you, 
managing an athlete who has a contract that's expiring this year, they need oh, to renew. Right. What what does that mean for that process? Um, well, it's not ideal, clearly. Um, let's it's no good sugarcoating it. Um, it. There's just a lot of uncertainty, and I guess if you're negotiating or you're you're discussing or conversing with people about riders and how they might fit and whatever, if you've got a backdrop of uncertainty, um, that doesn't make it easy for teams to make decisions. It doesn't make it easy for riders to make decisions. So you really don't know what you're dealing with. Um, so that's that 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 brings a you know an obvious but an incredibly complex layer to to such such a period, such a phase of uh, you know the this this process. Um, so yeah, that's a concern. But look, it is we've just got through March. It's the what is it the third of April. Um, you, you would hope that the there's a bit of clarity that comes through in in terms of where we're heading as a as a world. Um, certainly in a in the bubble of cycling where we're heading in in the next sort of six weeks to eight weeks um, but at the moment there are big big pictures and I guess you know anyone who's listening to this would say oh there's a bigger picture out there of course we acknowledge that so let's just take that as a given but in the world we're existing um, you would hope that things start to open up in the next six weeks that we we learn more we understand more and we can plan a bit more around it because it's you got to show a lot of judgment here too alex and it's you can't just think me 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 or right or right you, you've got to consider everybody and i think that's the the, the the right you know you hope that everybody's showing similar judgment to each other and we're helping each other out but yeah look it's very complex nevertheless um you can have a lot of conversations in a couple of days and there's a lot that can be covered in a phone call or a meeting or whatever we can meet again um, so let's hope in the in the next six to eight weeks that the things start opening up and there's some more conversation going specifically in in um, regards to that. But look, some teams have much much bigger issues to think about than who they're recruiting for next year at the moment. Mm. You, are you thinking that there will be some teams not operating in 2021? Uh, I'm, I I think anything's possible, Alex. I think in this in this in this coronavirus pandemic, anything's possible anywhere. Um, so, uh, so that that is a that is a distinct possibility. But you know, your, your absolute hope is no, that's that's not going to happen. Your hope is that the the twenty teams that make up the the World Tour this year are the the twenty teams that make up the World Tour next year. Um, because you know, that's that's we want the sport to be strong. We want the sport to be consistent. We want it to be stable. We want it to flourish um, and to be well planned and prepared to come out the other side really well. Um, so, you know, so I would say absolutely there's a chance there may not be all teams for sure, but let's let's hope that's not the case. What about from a race perspective? You're part of the Cadell Evans Gradation Road Race um, on their marketing and management of Cadell side. What would this affect and how would it affect um these kind of deals that the aso have with um sponsors with tv rights how would it affect them um well significantly significantly um well clearly at the moment the the big decision is the tour de france proceeding or not proceeding or certainly in july um and if it's not proceeding is it you know does it go to another time of the year is it in a? Is it? Does it stay three weeks this year? I'm sure they'll be saying yes to that. But 
again, it's, I guess everything's on the table at the moment in the world, isn't it? So, um, <clears throat> but, you know, obviously it's going to impact on, on, on TV, but, you know, maybe in a, if, we, if we take a glass half full approach, you know, if the Tour de France can, goes at, an, at another time and there's some changes to it and I think people will be so desperate to, to engage again, I mean, um, it, it might be the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest viewing audience it's ever had. Who knows? You know, like I, I can only imagine if if I had the Tour de France on at the moment to watch on TV or something at night. I mean, at the moment we're we're pretty we're pretty we can't wait for the uh, the Warrigal Greyhounds at night to come on at six thirty. <laughs> um, we've never been so interested in the Greyhounds. So people people by by the time we get to the middle of the year and certainly the second half of the year. Uh, people are going to be so keen. Um, and this might be still going on in that period and we're still going to be, you know, uh, have some measures in place that don't allow us fully to re-engage again. But if there's some level of engagement, some events are going in, things, I think people will be so keen. Um, I think there's some real possibilities, but but that's that's a little way off yet. That's a little way off. To But it's nice to contemplate it, that's for sure. We could see the hottest field ever going to the Tour de France, fresh off no racing, no other grand tours they're attacking. They're going 100% for the tour. Every sprinter, every GC man. Could be the best yeah, tour yeah. ever. It could be, Alex. And it's probably, look, to be honest with you, the, the who knows, the Giro d'Italia are probably still hoping to get something going at some point this year. There's a lot of monuments that, you know, some, uh, the the one-day races, the classics, et cetera, et cetera, they're all hoping to have some sort of um, place in the second half of the year. So we're going to need to, you know, and and people will say, oh, it's difficult, it's not easy. Oh, we get all that. But we're going to have to be innovative. Um, we're going to, with, with programming and scheduling, uh, it, it's it's exciting to think about. Um, and I'm, as I said, it's nice to contemplate. Um, that we know that there's lots of barriers, there's lots of obstacles. That, that's that's a given, but it's nice to contemplate what we could do. And and who knows that the, the the audiences might just blow things out of the water. Um, but again, it's a little bit it's a little bit down the track. But you know, the bike riders, you're going to have a lot of bike riders really keen to get outside and get amongst it. And we're going to see you know when 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 they're back, it's going to be really exciting. What about there? overall well-being like their, their life is this sport their life is work they've got um this weird challenge especially if they're in europe at the moment that they're locked indoors they can't can't escape and it's it's looking like it's a very long term at least for the next three or four months thing how, how are they going about managing that and are some of them coming home um some have come home that i'm aware of in, in terms of the guys i manage uh, Rob Powers back in Australia. Uh, he's in um, self isolate. Well, he's not self. He's in quarantine actually at the moment, as per the government rules. Um, so I'm I'm aware that some other Australian riders have come back to Australia for the period. Um, look, it's not easy to manage, but I do think that uh, professional sports people have a a mentality, as I said before, there's an element there that you can be frustrated and, um, you know, it might have been set for a, a breakout year, an unprecedented year, a real, you know, a big year. And then to have the the, uh, the 
the league's pulled out from under you in terms of what it could have been is it would be incredibly frustrating. But but I think these you know, people that make it to this level are have a set of traits and qualities that you know define who they are and allow them to get where they are. One of those is mental strength. Um, so they will get tested for sure in this period. There's no doubt about that. But I do, yeah, I, I, I think they've all arrived at the conclusion pretty quickly that it's out of their control. There's nothing they can do about that. What they can control is their own mindset. What they can control is the environment around them at home. What they can control is what they can, you know, how they, what, what other things they can do to keep themselves occupied, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, so I talked to the guys quite a bit about that. Um, you know, they read books, learn about the history of the sport, learn about different things, do some online learning, whatever it may be. Um, but it, it's a challenge. But, you know, if you want a, an old school story, um, you know, my my next door neighbour who talks about this quite a bit, who's been around on the earth a bit longer than me, talks about what the, the diggers went through and in the trenches. And uh, when they couldn't move for, for days on end, they had to hold their hold their their positions and you know and rain and and cold and mud and slush and illnesses and all sorts of things and uh so that that does put in perspective a little bit um i suppose people say oh we've heard that old chestnut we don't care we only care about the now but um but i still think i think most of them are in a pretty good place you know they would rather be out riding they'd rather be out training they'd rather be out living every day normal life like everyone else but that's just not what it is at the moment so most of the guys that I can talk about, the guys that I manage uh, have accepted that and are getting on with life the best they can. Well, it's good to hear. And hopefully they do are able to um, get back out on their bikes soon as uh, yourself and myself as uh, superior to. weekend warriors. <laughs> um, thanks, Jason. Inferior, inferior weekend warrior. Thanks, yeah. Alex. <laughs> um, all the best this year. We'll stay in touch and uh, thanks thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks very much.